In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 65, Best Imitation of Myself. This is a Ben Folds 5 jam. It is. And when you sent me this song title, I about lost it. So I was like, ride or die. <laughs> I didn't know that you were a Ben Folds 5 fan. I am. I saw mm-hmm. them in concert at Valet Ballroom. When was that? Gosh. 2002. No, 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 like 2005 or six. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some old school Ben Folds fine. Uh-huh. I saw them reunited in like 2012 or 2013. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And I will say I was standing next to a, yo- a youth. <laughs> and the youth was apparently there on a whim or with someone, had no idea what was happening. I was singing every damn yes. word. Celebrate the whole collection. Yeah. And I am certain that they wish they had a different seat. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But also, you should have learned before you came. Exactly, and I didn't stop. No, Jesus. why would you? Come on, youths, yeah, get with it. Get with it. It's Ben Folds 5. Figure it out. <laughs> so we uh, tell, tell us about why you chose yes. this song. Yes, I picked it because I like the idea, the song Best Imitation of Myself, kind of about being something that you're not, having to put on a face, put on a front, um, for whatever reason that may be. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a great theme. We've encountered a lot of characters that do that. For sure. And a it is lot. a great theme. It Nicely is. done. Oh, thanks. <laughs> With that in mind, yes. I have questions for you, Erin. Oh, gosh. Do you feel like you change your personality based on the situation? Yes. I And I don't want that to sound scary, like I'm not the same person or no one knows me. <laughs> but in certain, I think more in a work perspective, I do a lot. For sure. You know, dealing with people or trying to collaborate on things, you maybe temper certain parts of yourself. Um, 
you know, maybe I try not to be as humorous at work sometimes, try to take things a little more seriously. Even if I think of a great joke, I usually try not to say it. Do you use the F word as much? No. The, see, and that's mm-hmm. where I am the same. Mm-hmm. I have to keep that yeah. inside. And that's hard sometimes. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It's tough because there are days that I could say a lot of things. Do you have like in your mind different personalities like your work personality, your parent personality, your like friend personality and do they ever mesh or cross? Yeah, I would say I have more like work personality and like rest of the time personality. Mm -hmm. Like I I think that my parent personality is pretty similar to my just everyday personality. Like I'm pretty snarky with my kids and you know, they kind of know that they can make me laugh they'll probably get out of trouble so <laughs> I mean I know my weaknesses where they are all over the place but I would say that I it's more of a work thing like I feel like I have to kind of put on a different I, and maybe like a meeting new people thing like yes. in parent situations like a parent Ooh. group or a school group or oh, something yeah button that shit up because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some people don't think it's funny when you know I say that I let my kids play video games a lot they're like oh oh you know, like, guess what? My kids are occupied. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes I'll be like, fix your face because I don't like the judgment. <laughs> fix it. Okay. Fix it. <laughs> but I don't say that. No, no. You know, we have to peacefully coexist. Because you're a mom and we're supposed to uh, swallow that shit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do at work a lot. I just yeah. swallow, swallow it. it. Swallow it all. Swallow it down. And yeah. Just spoonful of sugar. For sure. And, you know, before all this pandemic stuff, we've talked about the fact that I work at home and I'm often mm-hmm. on video conferencing calls. I'm a very different personality there. Yeah. I am, you know, all just straight face there. And then underneath, I'm like, ah, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And I want to um, fix my face because my face being that straight is not right. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that there are certain parts of my personality that stay the same no matter what. Like I, there's a little bit of me that's subversive enough that if you piss me off at work, I might not come at you straight like I would in my real life, mm-hmm. but I'll find a way to Ooh. help you understand that that wasn't the route to go. Again, um, listeners, you're not getting the full benefit of the direct <laughs> eye contact that Aaron is giving me while uttering this. And it's uh-huh. terrifying. Uh-huh. If you cross, Aaron, I'm mm-hmm. afraid for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very happy that we're ride or die and that yeah. you won't use that look at me beyond just in the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Because it's scary. I'm nice until I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know. So do you think that there are parts of your personality that aren't as acceptable because you're a female? Good Lord, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think for so long, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I, I knew there was like the stereotype of the emotional overwrought female. So I intentionally made myself unemotional. I made myself like right, stone. Right, You know, right. like nothing can bother me, which is not good for your mental health. Mm-hmm. So I erred on that side. And, and I think at some point I realized like, well, this is bullshit. Like yeah. we all have emotions. And yes, I'm going to be branded as a female with emotions. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and emotions, both sadness, anger, like any, Any kind of, of emotion. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, mm-hmm. just dismissed as, oh, that emotional female. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that you probably get this a lot, um, working in a very male-dominated field. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do get a lot of that. You get a lot of temper tantrums. I do. I do. I somehow always seem like the safe place to just be ridiculous. Like, that's Which okay. is also hilarious then, because then they pointed on you like you're the emotional one you're the distraught one they're the one throwing the temper tantrums Mm -hmm. yeah these men yeah exactly Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of times where I've employed just silence, and then after it's been over, I've been like, okay, and then I just move on to yeah. like what. So this is what we're going to do, though. I've done that many times on calls with guys at work too. Yeah, yeah, just like oh, okay, you you done? Great. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, yep. I hear you, mm-hmm. and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I'm emotional. So emotional. So unpredictable, you uh, female. Yeah, mm-hmm. Aaron, do you agree with the phrase? Fake it till you make it. No. No? No. Because what if you never make it? Mm. You're just faking it forever. <laughs> no, because I, I don't have that bone. Yeah. I struggle with that. Like, I can't just fake something. It just really makes me feel inauthentic. It makes me feel really weird. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just going to blow up in my face. So the fake it till you make it. I think what you're really just trying to say is have some confidence in yourself. Yeah, for sure. That's a phrase I can get behind. Absolutely. Be have confident in confident. yourself. Yeah, yeah, you'll get there. Even yeah. if you don't know everything right now, that's okay. And it's okay to say that. Like, it's yeah. okay to say, oh, shoot, you know what? You're right. I didn't think of it that way or I didn't look at that that way. So let me and go back to point. the drawing board. Yeah, that's a good point because that statement starts with the idea that we don't have it to begin with and that we have to fake yeah. it. Tell Whereas him. we have it. Yeah. And also it starts with the premise that it's not okay to not know everything or not right. be great right out of the gate. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Just a <laughs> strong words. So strong. strong words from Aaron. So strong. <laughs> think I was drinking and I'm not. Just, <laughs> Just like making noises with your face. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's how I feel about it. That's it's not even worth words. Nope. <laughs> Not even worth my time to form sentences. Not even a full spitting. It was just like yeah. a half spitting. Yeah, yeah. Just like a. Yeah. 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 No spit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's Corona free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would you tell teens about trying to fit in or be like everyone else? I would direct teens to my, um, nice, uh, cross stitch up here that says, fuck the dumb shit. Mm, Good advice, no matter who you are. Really? Because Mm -hmm. it's all dumb shit, especially in high school. Um, I, I would say though that teens should feel comfortable like experimenting with different identities and personalities. Like, cause this is the time where you're figuring out who you are. Mm -hmm. So don't, you know, don't try to fit in just to fit in. Try to discover yourself. And if you're, you know, then adapting and doing things in that way, I think it's going to be a much more um, satisfying to you. Yeah. As well as healthy. And everything else, fuck it. Yes. Fuck the dumb shit. Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more of that when I was in school. Yeah. Because uh, I, oh. I was not saying fuck the dumb shit back then no i I wasn't at all oh my god i need to fit in with everything yeah exactly yeah Mm -hmm. well guess what for our theme yes this week yes 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 so like you said Mm -hmm. we're looking at books at at characters at situations that pretend to be something they aren't Mm -hmm. trying to fit in Mm -hmm. they're faking it somehow Mm -hmm. so i picked a book i just read this week (gasps) oh In my week of Amy, okay. as you called it. I did. Yeah. I had a, I took a week off just to basically not do anything because mm-hmm. it was around my birthday. I read The Glass Hotel from Emily St. John Mandel. Just came out this year. You told me it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The book starts with a woman named Vincent who is falling overboard into the ocean in 2018. And from there, we go back in time. Vincent is a bartender at a remote, beautiful, like... This hotel set in the wilderness, all glass, very, Ooh. you know, gorgeous, just incredible hotel in 2005. She's a bartender there. When she meets Jonathan Alkidas, an uber-rich head of an investment investment fund and owner of the hotel. 
Aha. They hit it off. Mm-hmm. Um, she immediately becomes his trophy wife. And a new entrant into what she calls the land of money. She describes the, the, the incredible privileges and access that this money gives her for the next three years she lives this life. Wow. Um, until the fund is revealed to be a massive Ponzi scheme. So it's very mm. much a Madoff mm-hmm. type story here mm-hmm. in the heart of the recession when banks were failing and then when all of this shit was going down. Mm-hmm. Along the way, we meet Vincent's brother, who is a struggling addict and musician. We also meet Leon and Olivia, who have both invested their life savings uh. with Alcides and more people. So the book then moves back and forth in time between different characters some who live in this country of money, some who live in this sort of shadow country of unemployed and no safety net people. Mm. And I chose the book for this theme because everyone is trying to pretend to be someone they're not. Like, Al-Qaedas presents himself as this incredible investment savant. You know, yeah. he, he knows the, the secret to making money fast, but actually he's just a crook. Um, Paul, the brother, presents himself as this incredible musician, but he has a secret that he's stolen some stuff to get there. Vincent presents herself as this very happy, content trophy wife shopping in New York City during the day and then coming home and being the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the perfect uh, companion. And all of Alkita's investors act like they know how the fund works. And so they just sign on because they're afraid of looking stupid, really. Mm. And all of us are pretending that we have everything under control. We're confident in our ability to take care of ourselves. We are secure that bad things will never happen to us. Mm -hmm. So I think um, if you read Station Eleven, which Mm -hmm. was Emily Mm -hmm. St. John Mandel's huge hit a few years ago, you have a feel for her writing. And this is, of course, different in subject matter, but... It's much more real-world based, but it is incredible, and I advise you just dive in, and you feel all the feels, and just get in there. It's uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad it was one of the ones that I chose to just kind of read nonstop, because yeah. it was so rewarding oh, in that way. good. Well, that's a rave review. It's you on bet. my list. So you bet. I'm excited now. Um, all right. Well, the big, uh, the big that the I, bick. the big. Oh, you've been doing that multiple times. Wow. Now. Yeah. All right. That's great. <laughs> the book, the book that I picked. Speaking of fake it till you make it, <laughs> you bet. Uh, it's called "If I Had Your Face" by Francis John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Aaron, if I had your face, I know the things I do. Yeah. I would mess some shit. Although, I, as we're saying that, that yeah, sounds real weird. It does because I wouldn't want to get you in trouble. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I feel like I would take on your personality more if I had your face. Oh, okay. I would. Oh, I would get some shit done. <laughs> All right. Good, 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 good. Well, the author was actually a travel and culture editor for CNN in 2010. So she says that some of her book was based on the travels that she did. Um, this was pu- just published in April of 2020. It's set in Seoul, uh, Korea. And it follows four young women that are making their way in this new modern world that is really only cares about how someone looks, beauty, and what that can get you. So uh, Carrie is a salon girl, they call her, um, only after she's managed to secure funding to have her face completely redone. 
So, oh. I mean, we're talking about like shaving jaw bones, changing your eyelids, all of these things. And a salon is essentially what it sounds like. A lot of wealthy men go and hang out there with the privilege of hanging out with women um, that are beautiful. Nothing maybe happens there, but they establish relationships from there. Um, and this is like the pinnacle of what they want to reach because they make so much money and they make so much money in tips and they make so much money being mistresses to these wealthy men. Mm -hmm. So she's achieved that by securing funding, which we find out later is a lot of the salons have really horrible owners that prey on these girls and they offer them loans at ridiculously high rates to get the surgery because they want their pretty girls. And then basically they can never leave because they can never get that loan paid off. Yeah. Um, then we also have Miho, who is Kiri's uh, roommate, super talented artist, um, grew up in an orphanage, ended up studying art in New York because of a scholarship, but she's back and she's in a relationship with a man whose family is elite and incredibly wealthy um, and does not approve because she doesn't bring anything to the table. She doesn't have a wealthy family. She doesn't have any prestige. She's not really helping in any way that mm-hmm. they see him attaining, you know, any higher status. Then we have um, Era, who's a mute hairstylist who's obsessed with K-pop bands and her roommate, who happens to be her best friend from childhood. And um, her story is interweaved throughout there of styling the hair for these people and being surrounded by all of that, but not really buying in in the same way because she knows she doesn't have a place because she's mute and kind of considered disposable Mm -hmm. because of that. Um, And then there's Wona, who's newly married and trying to get pregnant, even though her and her husband really have no way of raising a child in the economy as it is and how expensive that it is. And all of these women happen to live in the same apartment complex. And so some of them live together, some of them don't, but all of their stories are tied together. And it seems like at first you're getting their surface stories, like just what's happening. But then um, the author does this amazing job of weaving in their backgrounds into that to sort of see why the paths took that way and then also what they're doing in this world that is saying beauty is the most important thing it's the most attainable thing you can get this is what you should be striving for as a female and they're kind of reminded of that around every corner and I picked it for this because they're all kind of pretending to be a version of themselves that they think that the world wants to see Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, but they're keeping like the best part of themselves hidden and so as the book progresses and you see more of that, you realize that this is also really a book about female friendship and about how they can be themselves with each other and they can show each other how they really feel about things if they drop some of that pretense. So, mm-hmm. you know, different, obviously different setting, different circumstances than a lot of um, females face in the United States, but it is a universal story about being a female, about the pressure to look a certain way as a female, the pressure to achieve certain things as a female and the pressure of female friendships sometimes mm-hmm. and how hard that can be when you feel like you're in competition all the time. So I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. I read it super fast. It's very gripping. Um, one of the quotes that it's on the outside of the book. And I remember when I read it, it was really powerful. Even as a girl, I knew the only chance I had was to change my face even before a fortune teller told me so. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think, you know, if you look at faces as not just even just their physical face, but their personality, yeah. what they wanted yeah. to fit in better, to blend better, you know, you look at it as a whole package. It's very powerful. It was a great book. That kind of immediately made me think, or 
you know, we had talked about what we would tell teenagers. And yeah. do you feel like um, this is maybe getting worse or, or this idea of having to present this version of ourselves to the world, especially in our beauty via social media and that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I do think that there's an element that it is getting worse, but I also will say that there's, I do think that there's a small silver lining with social media in that if you're doing the right research, you can find good examples on social media. You can find people that are talking about, you know, um, not body body positivity, but just body confidence, body neutrality. Yeah. That was the word I was Uh looking for. Um, and I think that that's great. I don't think that yeah. we had that kind of avenue when we were teens. I think you're right. I mean, yeah. it, unless there was a book or something that was out about it at that time, you weren't, it wasn't that accessible. It wasn't right there in your phone. Yeah. Um, obviously the downside to that too. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of pressure. You're seeing all the time a visual example of what you're supposed to look like, whether, and it's not just yeah. TV anymore. You know, it's on Instagram, Facebook. We've talked about that a lot, about that kind of fake life people put up and then you think you have to live up to that. And for teens who are opening, you know, pulling up their phone every day and seeing that, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure. But you're right that there is representation that maybe didn't exist there before, both with body liberation, maybe with trans representation, LGBT. Mm -hmm. Um, Just you can find so many more people out there that look like the real you Mm -hmm. that maybe can give you a little more confidence. And you're right. I don't think we had as much of that growing up. Yeah. So I think that's a silver lining is that there's a chance for more of that to come out and there's more of an opportunity to find those types of things, to give voice to that, whether that be authors that we found now too, there's a a way to promote that kind of platform. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, is that enough to counteract the other side? Not yet. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. We've also talked about um, like relationships and particularly where it can go wrong when, guys sometimes are putting on this version of themselves. It's very charming and very protective, you know? Um, But I think that we as women who might be in heterosexual relationships kind of do the same thing where we present a version of ourselves that maybe we're playing a role, playing Mm -hmm. the the girlfriend, playing the, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're afraid to be something different than that for Mm -hmm. fear of being labeled or right. Yeah. That book sounds fantastic. It was, it was great. I highly recommend Excellent. Well, for my nonfiction pick, I chose a memoir, and it's kind of a clear-cut case of pretending to be someone you're not. It's called Life Undercover, Coming of Age in the CIA by Amaryllis Fox from 2019. Dang. Yeah. Amaryllis is a student when her writing mentor, Daniel Pearl, is captured and beheaded. Wow. So she applies to a master's program in foreign service and terrorism. She's kind of galvanized by this experience, Mm -hmm. right? And because she's a smarty pants, she creates an algorithm that predicts the likelihood of a terrorist cell developing in any village around the world. Wow. And it is very, very effective. So no surprise, she is recruited by the CIA. Mm -hmm. And she is first assigned to analyzing classified cables from around the world and creating these daily briefs for the president. And she's killing it. So she is fast-tracked into advanced operations training, where she's sent to Langley, the the training center, and lives for six months in a simulated world with all sorts of, like, improvised, um, you know, spycraft, improvised torture situations, like, living like you might as a spy in the world for six months. Which is incredible. I didn't know they'd do that. But that that is so fascinating. I imagine that's a huge... uh, 
part of both training agents and weeding out people that can't cut it. Like me, day one. Like me, like, day wait, one. I'd wait, be, wait, 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 I know all the secrets. Good, good secrets. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. We didn't even ask you anything. I know. It was implied. I am disqualifying myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to. Is there a sword step I out. can fall on? Because I'll do that. <laughs> so we'd be great, is yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she goes through this and she does not quit like we would. Oh, she fully, <laughs> fully commits. <laughs> And is excellent at it. So she is then a spy under non-official cover. The most difficult, dangerous job in the field. Oh, my gosh. And she is pretending to be an art dealer specializing in tribal and indigenous art, when really she's infiltrating terrorist networks in the Middle East and Africa. And Asia, excuse me, not Africa. She does this for 10 years, while also getting married to another CIA officer and getting pregnant. So, in case it's not clear, I chose this for this theme because she's legit pretending to be someone yeah. else and she could die if she doesn't pretend well. Ah. Um, she has to know herself so well that know, know and remember the training that she's received, mm-hmm. know and remember the knowledge that she has, but also has to intimately know this other person that she's pretending to be. I can't even imagine the level of mental, you know, hijinks and mental acrobatics it takes to hold those two realities in your head at once under the threat of potentially hurting yourself or hurting the other people you're recruiting into the uh, the spy uh, craft. Um, Any slip up is disastrous, of course, but it also starts acting on the psyche. You know, how can you be two people at once? How can one of those parents, excuse me, how can one of those people be a parent and a lover and still be the other person too? Yeah. So it is an utterly fascinating book wow she she writes very very well but the story itself is just so gripping and propulsive that it's remarkable thinking this that that this actually happened to her and that it happens to people all the time like this is a thing um and and also really this is one of the first things that i've seen that really describes the toll that takes Mm -hmm. you know on a particular person but maybe also, because she is a woman, because she wants to be a mother, she wants to have some of the things that uh, women can have. And the, again, the mental acrobatics that it takes, the mm-hmm. the strength and fortitude that she has to have in herself. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's quite remarkable. Wow. Mm-hmm. Also felt real um, boring after reading that yeah but also alive so well there's that yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. i don't i can't stand torture no I I mean... <laughs> there is no way i could withstand torture no 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 there's no. not i can't think no of one no thing. I can't. you know what i suddenly remembered though was our discussion of the desert island when when we would turn <laughs> cannibal so i don't know <laughs> if that interacts with this if I well know. i think it's faith safe to assume that we would be those people that they would be like you guys have only been out here for like three hours <laughs> but i'm hungry it's been, no it's been like three months no you haven't even slept here once <laughs> like, i really need to just go sleep in my bed yeah. can i just go sleep in my bed yeah 
my back hurts. Yeah. My tum tum is hurts. sore. I got my things are weird. Okay, <laughs> things are getting weird in there. I don't know. Just let me go. <laughs> Just let me go home. I will tell you whatever you want to know, and I'll tell you more than you thought you wanted to know. You want me to go to the bathroom? Where? <laughs> no. No. Mm-mm. No. No. Nope. 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 I'm out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. I mean, kudos to her clear back for starting the algorithm. Because yeah. even if I was smart enough to do that and I did it, I think I'd be too scared. I'd be like, oh, shut that down. Oh, God. What did I do? Oh, no. I have always known that I can't have a lot of responsibility. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will fully crack under that pressure. I mean, I'm talking about I knew I could never be a doctor uh, to hold people's you know lives in right. their hand. So to be a CIA, no, 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 no way. Mm. I can't handle it. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Nope. Well, okay. The book that I picked for the other genre this week, um, kind of a different turn in a somewhat serious uh, topic for the week, but it's called Someone Who Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory Ooh. by Raphael Bob Waxberg. Um, this was published in 2019. If the name sounds familiar, it's because he's the creator of BoJack Horseman. Oh. This is a collection of short stories that he put out. Um, and they are funny, really funny, darkly funny, just funny. Great. Yeah. Um, ostensibly, the collection is about love, like different aspects of love, different aspects of a relationship. Um, but I think think that really at the heart of most of the stories is being true to who you are Mm -hmm. or what happens when we fake something to get into the relationship or get someone to like us and then the unraveling from there so one of the stories is about a couple um, whose parents keep interfering in their wedding planning because they can't agree on how many goats will be sacrificed as part of the (laughs) ceremony and this calls into question their whole relationship oh boy yeah Um, there's another story about meeting someone that you're no longer in a relationship for lunch and it's written as though you're the person sitting there waiting for them to come oh. and like how that's going to go. Another is just a partial list of lies that we told each other, including I never have more than two drinks. <laughs> I never have more than five drinks. That is funny. Uh, I have this thing for work. <laughs> Somehow playing out the demise of a whole relationship just by listing these lies mm-hmm. that you know we tell. Um, but my favorite story in the whole collection, it's second to last. It's called More of You That You Already Are. And I, this is probably my favorite short story I've read. I would put it up there. Wow. Yeah. For different reasons. It's, it goes in its own category. One, because I laughed out loud multiple times. I mean, had to stop and reread it because it was so funny because the premise of this story is that there's a narrator that works at a theme park of presidents. So he plays a president in the theme park. But there's a whole hierarchy in the theme park based on what president you are because that's how much money you bring in. Oh, my gosh. He happens to be President Arthur. (laughs) So... I have no idea when Arthur was. I recognize the name, but I don't know timing. I don't know any of that. So he's worried because there's about to be a round of layoffs for presidents that aren't pulling their weight. And he's pretty sure Arthur's on the chopping Mm -hmm. block Mm because nobody comes to see him. Nope. Nobody wants an autograph. (laughs) Doesn't even have any merchandise in the gift shop to buy. So he's worried. But he's also falling in love with the lady that helps with the costumes. Gets all these presidents together. Um, And so the story takes you through different days in the theme park of all these guys that play these presidents coming in, getting their costumes, how they're arguing with each other, the manager's pep talks, him dealing with this um, woman who is 
doing something on the side that he's not totally okay with, but he's going to do it because he likes her. <laughs> but underneath, it's just so much about just being honest and true to yourself and knowing yourself and being comfortable in that and saying, that's enough. And I'll find the person that thinks that that's enough. Um, I love it. And I love that it's a great example of, there, you know, there are times when a relationship is worth stretching for, mm-hmm. but there are also times when you need to keep a firm boundary. And that's what I really think that this story is about. Oh. It's terrific. Excellent. Yeah. It was phenomenal. What president would you play? Oh, gosh. I mean, I know, you know, there'd obviously have to be some gender bending involved because, yeah. you know. No one of our species has been elected. What you got to do, like, Mm. I mean, this is going to sound morbid, but I would play a Lincoln if I got to do the death scene. (laughs) I would, because I think that that'd be great. Just every day getting hit by a bullet, and I mean, that'd be that sounds like fun to me. Mm -hmm. Playing that up to an audience, yeah, I think. I have recently, and you know, don't judge me, but um, I've just been introduced to Hamilton. Now, now I haven't. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've known this is a thing. Yes, you yes. can't be in the world and not know right. Hamilton is a thing. I've just never seen the show. I've never listened to the soundtrack, and it came out on Disney Plus mm-hmm. uh, last weekend. So I watched it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was great. I'm not a huge musicals fan, but I enjoyed yeah. it. I would be though, Thomas Jefferson in the Hamilton. Okay, because. David Diggs, the original cast member that did it, just seems to be having so much fun. I want to do that. Okay. okay. And he kind of seems like a dick, so I want to play. You get both, best of both yeah. worlds. Yeah. yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I maybe also like this story because it reminded me of our discussion about the Hall of Presidents. At- <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah. Yeah. You I'll were s- the one super fan. I was. There. Yeah. I wonder if they auctioned that off. Hmm. Like, what they do with all those wax figures of those? Presidents? I'm imagining now them like the uh, the Chuck E. Cheese robots, <laughs> presidents, <laughs> like the you know the band, <laughs> the robot band of the bears. Was that Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> okay, those are horrifying. I know they're horrifying. What I'm imagining like a group of presidents doing the same thing. The real jerky moves. In, yeah. Do it, this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You yeah. know. When you think about Chuck E. Cheese, that's really where Grimace should have been. <gasps> Grimace he, didn't belong absolutely. in McDonald's. He belonged there. Yeah. And this harkens back to your your question from the very start of what the hell is Grimace? Yeah, because at Chuck what E. Cheese, it? what are the hell are any of what those are things? They? That, that would just fit. A purple blob? Yeah. I get it. Fine. Done. McDonald's, they were very clear cut. Mm-hmm. Whether Except I mean, for yeah. Grimace. Yeah. Purple and triangular and... You know what? There's a picture of me that I don't know if I still have it, but I'm maybe like four or five and I'm next to like a Chuck E. Cheese type character or like, you know, an adult dressed as like a character. And I'm smiling in that picture, but I am masking a deep pain because I remember being terrified of those things. Yes. And also wondering, why do I have to take a picture? Yeah. Yeah. Like, were they designed to scare the shit out of little kids, do you think? Because it worked. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, they didn't test it on any market before nope. they rolled it out. That's for sure. Because I don't know what that was. Yeah. Gave us nightmares forever. If there was a chance <laughs> that I could get my hands on those presidents, Ooh. I think that I would set up something on the porch that had like a curtain. Mm-hmm. 
And if you rang the doorbell. Are you saying on my porch or on your porch? Well, I was actually thinking of your porch. I thought you were because, yeah, you were. But I would do it on my own if this No, we can do it on my porch. Sure. If someone rang the doorbell, the curtain opens. Okay. And then they do something. We could change it like for every so often. Like every quarter, there's a new, you know, theme. Like one, it could just be Lincoln, four score, and, you know, doing the Mm -hmm. whole robotic movement. Another, we could have them do a song from Hamilton. Like people just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And then it would just shut. And then people would be like, well, what happens now? We'd be like, well, we're not home. So yeah. that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm also picturing it now. Like, because uh, for my porch, there's a part that faces a busy street. And then there's a wraparound part. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing them in the wraparound part. So like when cars go up the street, <laughs> they see this just like these giant <laughs> shape. And these figures were like, what in the actual? <laughs> what is that happening? <laughs> What is happening? But you know, yeah. if you do it right, you could get listed in a bunch of like best Ooh, of boy. Des Moines things. Like I could. If you're visiting Des Moines, you need to stop by the presidential oh, porch. But man, that means people will come by. I don't like people oh, coming by. We could by. have a red rope. Okay, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Stay back. Yeah. And drop your donations. Don't even in. try and knock on this door. Yeah. I am not coming to the door. Mm-mm. Especially in Corona. Mm-hmm. I don't want the Rona from you. And I think they could have the side benefit of you and I. We could voice the character sometimes so we could sit inside and just say things. Okay, that I'm down for. That would be great. I want Lincoln to say, fuck the dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. And I want Jefferson to start singing, what did I miss from Hamilton? Yes. Yeah. And it would be me singing it. And they'd be like, oh, no. No. Who's singing that? that? It's not good. Is that Hale? Huh. 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 Bold choice. Bold choice. Yep. Yeah. I'm, wow. Yeah. A lot of ideas we just came up with. And, yeah. and I'm trying to remember how many, you know, I mean, there was a lot in that Hall of Presidents. I mean, we could, you could really do some we could decorating. Do some, yeah, we could. You could keep one in your car all the time for carpool <laughs> lanes. <laughs> People just look over and be like, what? Is that? What? I bet you Is could that? get like Theodore a package. <laughs> what? I bet you could get a package price for all the presidents for like $50 oh, these days. I would hope. But yeah. I bet someone has them. Some someone engineer them. Uh-huh. at Disney got their hands on that. He was about to retire and he's like, all I want is a Hall of Presidents. And they're like, fine. Yeah. And then someday, 100 years from now, his kids are going to sell them for millions of dollars. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be salty about it. Damn you youths. Future youths yeah. that don't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! In a pop culture pick that has no relevance to that discussion. Okay, good, at good, all. good. Hard pivot. Hard pivot. Um, I chose a movie from 2010 called Easy A. Have you ever seen this movie? I have. It's got Emma Stone, mm-hmm. Patricia Clarkson, and Stanley Tucci are her parents. Mm-hmm. It's got Lisa Kudrow mm-hmm. as a teacher, and it's got Penn Badgley, our favorite serial killer from you. Now he's pretty great. Yeah. So this was before Emma Stone was a star. Before she got an Oscar, she's playing a teenager, and she probably was still a teenager in mm. life at this point. She is so charming. She's so funny. Like, I have watched this movie multiple times as a result. It's a very, like, you know, safe movie. Like, yeah. my happy movie. Yeah. Know? So Emma Stone plays Olive, a very smart girl on the fringes of school, you know, strata. And one day, to get her sort of horned-up friend off of her back, she lies and says that she lost her virginity to this random college dude. That rumor spreads, and suddenly Olive is a world-class slut. Then, to help out, 
a closeted gay friend who is trying to pretend that he's straight, they put on a performance at a party to act like they had sex. And he's celebrated. It's great. She, of course, is shamed. Uh Uh-huh. Seeing that double standard, she becomes furious. And she decides to act like what they all think she is, a tarted up, scarlet A, wearing, fallen lady. And from there, all sorts of comedies of errors follow. You know, there's an adulterous teacher in the mix. There's an evangelical kid with an STD. There's the school mascot. There's her wonderful, loving, hilarious parents. And I chose it for this theme because I think sex is so loaded, especially for Mm -hmm. girls anyway. And what's funny is she turns it on her head and she says, oh, you're going to call me a slut? Cool. I'll pretend that I am. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the best slut there is. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and in the process, show you how hypocritical and awful you're being. I, I think everyone in this movie is a delight. You really see how Emma became the star that she is. Um, and it's just a fun, it is. fun movie. It is a good movie. With a slight, yeah, with a, a slight take on The Scarlet Letter, but way better. Yeah, yeah. Way better. I'll to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Improvement. Well, yes. um, the... I actually picked a movie as well that is streaming on Hulu now. You can oh. you can watch it right what? now. It's called Palm Springs. I wanted to watch that this weekend, and I haven't yet. Yes, it's with Andy Samberg and Christian cool. Malati. You're a fan of Andy I'm, Samberg. I am. A, I, he gets me every time. Yeah. I, la- I can't help it. Yeah. His facial expressions make me laugh. Mm-hmm. So I was already in, to be already fair. In. Already yeah. in. So if you haven't heard of this at all, um, it was actually one of the highest... Uh, paid films at Sundance Hulu paid that much for it Um, and you can see why because it's like the perfect streaming movie like it's perfect Um, it's kind of a modern take on Groundhog Day so the idea is that this Andy Samberg's character is waking up in an infinite time loop every day and he accidentally gets Kristen Milati's character Sarah in it as well and so the movie is them trying to figure out how to a get out and how do they live in this world where everything's the same every day for them but it they can do different things the day Uh doesn't progress exactly the same so it's super funny um and it's light in a weird way because it's really actually dealing with pretty heavy themes of like what's the meaning of life Mm -hmm. um when you feel like you're in a rut doing the same thing day after day after day um if you are doing that is that all there is to you you know can you change so i picked it for this theme because um especially at the beginning andy sandberg's character is is very jaded and doesn't care about anything and that's really a front because he's trying to protect himself because he's in this situation he can't get out of so he's trying not to express too much feeling Mm -hmm. or he keeps constantly saying he's just trying to keep his life simple he's just going to keep going through this day after day after day um and I I thought it was brilliantly done. It's really funny. Um, like I said, it's got a it's got a heavy theme, but they do it in such a light way. I mean, they you they they can't die, so they can try to commit suicide. They can get hurt. They feel pain, but they just wake up the next day again. So you can imagine the lots of hilarious scenes they come mm-hmm. up with involving death. Mm-hmm. So it's and. I should also mention that the day that he is stuck in is a day that he was a date for someone at a wedding. And the Sarah that he accidentally brings into it is the sister of the bride at the wedding. And so he keeps waking up the same day every day having to go as a guest to this wedding. Oh, what a terrible But hilarious when you see him living it out. So I highly recommend it. It was really, it was pretty short. It was pretty quick. Um, And it's it's kind of tender in a way that I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I enjoyed it. I think it's the perfect kind of streaming thing. I think it, um, in terms of like big grand movies that are going to change your life, you know, no, keep your expectations lower, (laughs) but it's still great. It's funny. Yeah. And it's Andy Samberg. It's Andy Samberg. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need. That's all I need. It's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some great just one-liners in there that glorious what do you think it is about Andy Samberg besides you know being hilarious and Mm -hmm. I I think you and I have both talked about him being very oddly attractive yeah too I think it you know what it is it's for me it's like he's just vulnerability like he doesn't care like he doesn't always look good Mm -mm. at what he's doing Mm -mm. and he just goes for it anyway yeah yeah and I mean I love humor that's backed by like wit that can be funny I mean because there's an amount of physical comedy in this too but then there's also really like deep funny stuff that mm-hmm. I always have an appreciation for that kind of writing mm-hmm. and ability. Mm-hmm. And he really exhibits that. Um, I remember in what the second season of Brooklyn nine, nine where he admits feelings for Amy and he says it and they're like, you know, I like you romantic styles. Yeah. And that <laughs> just made me, <laughs> I loved that so much. Yeah. And I never, yeah. I mean, I'd always kind of liked him, but that, yeah. I was like, yep. Yeah, yep. that does it for me. That's a great line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Antic styles. Yeah. There's a lot of that in here. Just some classic Andy Samberg mm-hmm. you're going to like. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Man, we got some stuff fresh, hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Yeah. Get to it. <laughs> Don't go to Chuck E. Cheese. Stay home and watch this. Don't go to Chuck E. Cheese. And hey, if you've got a line on one of those presidents, let Erin know. Please. She's on the hunt. Please. Yeah. Yes. We need to find them. Yes. Across the world, I'll somewhere, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to whittle me one, I'll even take that. <laughs> if you got a woodwork, a life size one. That's just gonna. I don't care what size it is. <laughs> just get those something to do. Take up woodworking for me. <laughs> you know what you need is a coloring book with all the presidents. Ooh, because you know you like coloring books. I do, and uh, then you could get real creative with mm-hmm. presidents mm-hmm. make them who you want them to be uh-huh. uh-huh what if you put them in all in drag that could be something that could be something that could be something mm-hmm. that'd be a great idea for a drag show too. why couldn't we do that on our porch idea we could we just could redress them and people would be a little confused at first like is that abraham lincoln in a dress yeah he looks good oh, in yeah a dress. well he's got those legs mm-hmm. long legged lincoln <laughs> you know <laughs> I bet President Arthur looks terrible in a dress. Yeah. He's not bringing a lot to the table. No. I mean, good for you. You made it. Yeah. That's that's an example right there. That'll tell you. That's everything you need to know right there. You can still make it to the top and be a nobody. So just be your best self. Just think of Arthur. Just think of President Arthur. You don't need to imitate him. Be yourself. Yeah. Can you imagine what it was like for him out of office after he was done? He was just like, they forgot to even send secret servants. Okay, nobody cares. I've been left off the list of presidents already. Yeah. I made it to the top, and there was mm-hmm. nothing for nothing. me. Nothing. Nothing. Rest of my life, oh, bland. Mm-hmm. Well, we like to end our episodes on a positive note. That's a real positive one. Yeah. Probably should have taken one to the brain, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember it, Arthur. Yeah, so. We'll be back, though. We will. Uh, next Wednesday. <laughs> sure will. <laughs> Happy reading. I'm up again. 
same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just. It's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.